0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You have your Bible. I want to introduce a man that went from The mountain to the valley. A man that soared to the heights and then let a Jezebel drive him to juniper jungle. And yet God made him in juniper jungle just like he did on the mountain. That's encouraging, isn't it? Just remember this. You never get so depressed or oppressed or discouraged but what God's not right there by your side. Now, the only thing is, it's hard to recognize him when you get real discouraged. He's there. Now, let me show you. The two men that were leaving the uh, resurrection grave and after the rumor or the announcement had been made, instead of them going out to see about it, they seemed to say, I'd rather just go ahead and be discouraged. I mean, I'm not going to take the trouble to investigate myself. It sounds good. I wish it were so. But I'm not going to take a look in the empty grave. That's where they missed the boat. Now, then Jesus could have said, well, i tell you what. You fellows so full of doubt and unbelief, I hope my trail never crosses yours again. Now, I'm through with You get that. Now, you just go ahead and drop your chin on your unbelieving chest and beat it off down the road and drag both heels in the dirt. I'm through with you. You ought to be ashamed of you. Oh, no. Jesus saw those fellows plodding off down the road. He said, I believe I'll join them. Now, I've got a message that everybody's going to need sometime. You may not need it this morning. My prediction is there's a flock of radio friends and people sitting right here. And you're having a hard time propping your chin up and keeping your faith in the Lord. Now, here's a man. Here's a man. And brother, we're going to come to the contest this morning. But listen, God never did get you to the contest without getting you prepared for it. And we're going to go through the preparation first. We're going to put this great preacher in the boot camp. And then he's coming out on soldier's side. And climb a mountain, get on a hill, and he's going to say some things that shocked said And he's going to do some things he certainly never had done before. There's nothing as drastic, get it, there's nothing as drastic and unheard of as obeying the Lord. <laughs> Boy, that's so new. I mean, that'll make the headlines. I'm not bragging about that because I have always been proud of what they put. Even the picture. But you say, well, why did he do it? Because we've dared to obey God. And that's the most un. But it's the newsiest thing you've ever heard. It's new. It's got to be new. But it's so old and unpracticed until it's become new to obey the Lord. And so here he is, Elijah, the great servant of the Lord, and uh, no prophet brings an acceptable message in his generation. Remember that. A profit is as unwelcome as the freeze in Chicago was. I mean, it clogged every wheel, stopped every street, stopped every airline, closed every runway. Boy, it paralyzed their business, didn't it? Those big department stores didn't need one clerk, not one. The banks didn't need one teller, not a one. Didn't have anything to tell it to. I tell you, God can sure bring business to Screeching halt, can't He? We're going to see it again. And so Elijah one day said, "I got an announcement I'd like to make." And they said, "Oh me, what is it now?" Old Kiljoy's back in town. Old Prophet of Doom, yonder he is. There he is. He got and he got a voice bigger than any PA system in the country. Elijah said, give me attention. I can see all that bunch of modernists and everybody else in the old king said, oh, me, I wish somebody would kill him. Somebody ought to take his credentials away. Well, he didn't have any. And so he said, as the Lord liveth. And I imagine old Ahab said, mm, we've had it. The Lord liveth. That's the last word I want to hear. Jezebel spoke and said, why couldn't he say As Baal liveth. Well, Baal don't live, honey. (laughs) He's dead as a mackerel. And so he said, as the Lord liveth, there shall not be rain nor dew. For three years and a half. The faucets, and I can see him going around operating the water system, whacking them all. I think the night before he said, Lord, this is a wicked nation. I'm outnumbered, Jezebel's got those spoon-fed ministers at her table, well-dressed and all that junk, but Lord. But he said, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll turn the water system over to you. And brother, I think before breakfast he had every water faucet cut off. It wasn't not one drop falling. And he went over to the dew dispenser and whacked it off. Dried it out. And then he got out and made his announcement and said, there'll be no rain just as sure as the Lord lives. There'll be no rain. All right. The Lord came back to him and said, Elijah, you have really announced a desperate measure. And your head is not going to be worth 10 cents. When those big fat cows begin to bleach their bones in the sunshine on the hills where there's no grass, you've had it. And there's only one, and I like this part of it, there's only one place for you to hide, and that's where I put you. Now you've spoken the word of God, you better go get in the place of God and stay there until I bring you out. And Elijah said, sure. And for three years and six months, Elijah stayed at the brook and God had running water coming right by And twice a day, a big old strong raven would come flying in and land on Elijah's runway of faith and drop off two meals a day. And he'd eat what the raven brought. And for three years and a half, he ate from heaven's catering service delivered by an unclean bird, but it wasn't unclean food. You'd say, well, what does that mean? None of us are 100% clean. What if God said, I tell you what I'll do, preacher Roloff. I'm going to make a bargain. I'm going to give you more feed, and Brad Talley, you can get in on this. I'm going to let you feed my people if you never do anything wrong again. Never think wrong, never act wrong. You, you'll you never make one more mistake. Brother, that just about cut us out of the ministry, wouldn't it? But what I'm saying is this, and this is encouraging. I realize that in many ways you've been nothing but a raven or a buzzard. All of us have one. Isn't that right? Digging around in dead stuff, eating out of garbage cans, smoking, shooting dope, and drinking, and living bad. But I've got good news for you. If God could use an old black raven to feed his greatest preacher, I believe he can use you to feed the hungry people. God's big enough to do it, and he's willing to use us, and you don't have to be perfect in order to be used of the Lord. Now, so Elijah stayed out there three years and a half, and one morning he got up, I think, after a tremendous night's rest, And so far as I know, that's the longest vacation God ever gave one of his prophets. But, now wait a minute, he's preparing, he's in the boot camp. He's preparing himself for the biggest battle, and God's not through with him. He learned patience, he stayed there, wasn't anybody around except God and Elijah and a raven, and that's all, and running water. The water ran by, but one morning he got up. And looked at, he said, well, that's interesting. No water running. My brook's dry. I mean, I'm out of water. Lord, you told me to cut off all the faucets. Now you've cut off my spring. And the Lord said, Elijah, my message to you is it's time to move on. That'd be a good message for everybody. If you go into a church where the brook don't run, move on. If you've got a preacher that gets up and there's no living water running out of the pulpit, move on. And so <laughs> Elijah said, Lord, uh, I'm ready for my next assignment. He said, I want you to go to Zarephath because there's a widow woman. There's a widow. Now, anybody knows if she's a widow, she's a woman. But they don't bother me. Some people say, well, they put... That's all right. People have said widow woman many a time. It just makes you know it was a widow woman. Uh, Homosexuals keep coming on. They might be widow women before it's over. (laughs) Huh? They're going in that direction, aren't they? All right. So uh, he got up there and and to me, that's another step of what? Humility. Humility. If there ever was a he-man, it was Dr. Elijah or Brother Elijah. Brother Elijah, I want you to know he's always stood, and yet God said, Go up and let a widow help you, and then you help the widow. Now remember, he's getting him ready. The big contest is just ahead and it's going to be the biggest thing, the most drastic thing that Elijah's ever faced or ever did face in his entire life. There's nothing that'll repeat it anywhere in the Bible. So he goes up and he said to her, Wonder if you could make me a little hoe cake. And she said, Sorry about that. Said, You know, my son and I, we're victims of this extended drought. We're going to pick up a couple of sticks. We got enough meal, just to cook, and we got enough fire and sticks, and and we got enough oil. We we're just out. This is it. We have talked it over, my son and I, the widow and her son, and so far as we know, those were the two main ones, and said we've decided we were going to eat our meal, and then we have signed a contract to die. Elijah said. And this is important. He said, go ahead and get your sticks together. Go ahead and get your meal fixed and then serve me first. Just serve me first. Now, he didn't make a long dissertation. He didn't say, I want you to know that I'm full of the Spirit of God. I want you to know that I've been three years and a half with the Lord and I've got it. I want you to know... And he just said, you go ahead and feed me first. And so she did. And the Bible said that the meal never wasted and the oil barrel never ran dry. I mean, he performed a miracle, or God did, when that widow obeyed the prophet of God. Folks, really... It's hard for sometimes the people that sit in the pew to find out how to obey or what to obey if the prophet doesn't tell them. After all, what's a prophet for? What's a preacher for? And if you go to some little piddling church where the preacher gets up and scratches his head and tickles his ear and yours too and says, I don't know what the answer is, I'd ship out. Yeah. If he doesn't know, how in the world can he expect the pews to know? Now then, I see somebody else coming right through the door. Old smutty face. Old slew foot. I mean, yonder he comes. And he comes up to the most precious possession of a widow without a husband and whacks her son down and he quit breathing. Now you know what that means, don't you? He's dead. And she came to the preacher and said, you've tried to uncover my sin. I know I've done wrong. But I tell you, I didn't think you'd come here and be such a blessing and wind up killing my boy. And the Lord said, give him to me. And he took him off into a private place. He didn't make a public demonstration of it. Everybody come. Oh! I want you to see me demonstrate my power. Let you know I'm spirit-filled and I'm a man of God. No, he just said, give me the boy. And he got in there and the boy, of course, was resurrected, came back to life, and then she said, I know one thing, I realize you are a man of God now for what you said came to pass. Listen, you can only know a prophet by what he says and whether he comes true or not. I didn't say that a prophet would be completely 100% perfect, but I'll tell you one thing. You can depend on the word of a prophet, and if you go by it, you'll be better off. Now then, he's been to the book three years and a half. He's been up to the widow's uh, home and saw that her provisions for her, and she and her boy were met. Death came, and Elijah said, we'll get rid of it. Now then, he tells her goodbye, she thanks him. No more famine at her house. And he walked out, and there's a couple of more men that got together. One of them is Ahab, and the other one is Obadiah. Obadiah, I think he was, he was, he was, he was a good sort of fellow, uh, good for nothing in some ways, but I mean, he he had shown some favors and he hid some prophets one time and he kept them from getting killed. and but, but he was scared of his shadow. And he ran with it. And Ahab said, Obadiah, it's sure getting serious, ain't it? He said, you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about my cows and my horses and my beasts. He said, they're going to just all die. Think about it. He didn't seem to be one bit worried about the people about little children starving to death. He said, I'm worried about my beasts. You know why? Because he had that kind of a heart. He had a beast heart. And so he said, I'll tell you what we better do. We better go look for some grass pack. You go one way, I'll go another way. And Obadiah said, oh, now, isn't that a picture of the world, the government, and modernistic preachers looking for grass, huh? That's exactly where we are today. The government says, are oh, we in a bad fix? I, well, and, and so they asked religion to help them find some grass. Now then, he started down the road, and he, I don't know how far, but he met the one man he didn't want to meet. He ran square in to the old prophet, Elijah. Elijah, I think, looked at him and said, good morning over I imagine old Barthai said, what's good about it? <laughs> Elijah, do you realize that you are deceased? He said, deceased? He said, they put it in every paper in the country that you're dead. Did you know that, that my boss, Ahab, did you know he sent committees and he sent FBI members, he sent jesters? Listen, they've gone into kingdoms and nations looking for you. They knew you were the one that did it. And they have got so mad he and Jezebel, they said, we'll catch that butcher and kill him for turning off the water faucet. We know he announced it. And sure enough, we haven't had a drop of rain nor one little drop of dew for a bird that drank off of the leaf of a flower. So it looks to me like, well, oh, just get him and kill him. And said he announced finally, since his men couldn't find you, you no doubt had gone off somewhere and starved to death yourself. Now, Elijah said, I've had a wonderful water system, and I've had to stay. And he said, I'll tell you what you do. You go tell Ahab to meet me with all of Jezebel's ministerial lines on the mount. We're going to get together. Obadiah still just a trembling. He said, I'm scared too. He said, what are you scared of? Well, he said, who knows? You'll bear yourself away again. And when we get up there tomorrow and have all her preachers and you don't shut up, brother, I've had it. I said, I'll be there. Obadiah was having a hard time figuring out how Elijah could have enough courage to meet Ahab. Hmm? And Jezebel, that's exactly what it was. You asked them old prophets who the welfare department said, Jezebel. She feeds us well. Look at our nice clothes too. Yeah. yeah. And so they got up on the mountain. You know how many preachers showed up? You know how many ministers showed up? Eight hundred and fifty. Four hundred and fifty of Jezebel's private ministers and four hundred. Hundred prophets of the grove. Now, brother, that's nearly a thousand. And in comes my team. Yeah. One old preacher, <laughs> huh? Isn't that something? I seen him come in, you know, and not in any hurry. Walked up, but he did it. He did say. He said, um, "Boy, everybody looking at him." I imagine Jezebel and her manicured, manicured minister were saying. Isn't that pathetic? I mean, isn't it pitiful? Look how he's dressed. Mm. He doesn't even look like a prophet. He raised his old head and voice and said, Where are ye between two opinions? When are y'all going to quit crippling around between two opinions? That's what he said. If God be God serve him, if Baal serve him, we're going to find out who's God today. And so he asked the people that, and the people answered not a word. They were shocked beyond words. Just about like the world now, just you know, no, we don't have anything to say. They were just about scared of the prophet. I can see old Obadiah over there just trembling, like an ask for He said, well, at least he came. Mm-hmm. He sure did. And so Elijah was very courteous. He said to 850, now you all get your sacrifice ready. And I'll stand beside. You. And you all demonstrate. But now there's one thing that I'm going to have to ask you to let be the final deciding point. And that is, when you get your offering on the altar, there's got to be fire come down from heaven. If there's no fire, what you got is false. And we're going to find out the true from the false today. And if you've got it, I've had it. And he didn't say the rest, but down in his heart he said, if you haven't got it, you've had it. Brother, we're we getting ready. For some drastic action, in a minute. God's old soldiers come out of the boot camp, up through the widow's home, leaving a train of miracles behind him. And now then he's put the challenge to religion and said, Put it on the line. And so those preachers could do nothing. I think old Jezebel stood over there and said, Sick him, fella, sick him. <laughs> Brother, they didn't have anything to stick with. But they got together, got their robes, their altar, their offering, and their organization. And if ever you've seen a typical Sunday morning service, you're going to see it. One of them pulled out his order of service, passed it out to 850 or how many hundred were in it, and said, all right, fellas. And I imagine one of them said to the great mass of people, We're delighted to have you here. And uh, if this is your first time to visit such a service, would you stand, please? And I imagine they made all impressions they could, about like Sunday morning. I imagine they had a few announcements to make and say, Now, folks, you all understand that we've been trained. All that you see here are graduates of the seminary. Most of us have doctor's degrees. And we have been the leaders of religion in the king's palace for many years and you are in for a tremendous blessing today. I imagine they just put on the dog as my daddy used to say. I imagine no lie, just said, get on with the show. I mean, move on. We're looking for fire, not announcements. <laughs> Boy, that'd be good in the churches, wouldn't it, huh? Yeah. So, they said, all right. And brother, their order started. And it was one more order. Man, those fellows begin to move all of them together. They were trained. They were robed. And they were experienced in But Elijah glanced up every once in a while and said, I don't see one spark. And I can hear the people saying as some of them shoved up against Elijah and said, have you ever seen anything so beautiful? He said, ain't no fire. I don't see any of their robes on fire. And they said, well, I know one thing. They're trained. He said, train me. I don't have any fire. Ah, Listen. They went on and on and on. And Elijah, a prophet, had a sense of humor. He said, fellas, don't give up. I mean, I know you're having trouble. But man, uh, listen. Your God may be on a journey. He may be pursuing. I don't know what he's after, really. But he may be. And then another. He could be asleep and he was fact is I think that was his major point he said he's so asleep he's dead and Elijah didn't stand there saying I just hope somehow or another they don't get in he knew there wasn't no fire coming down from heaven he was just waiting until his opportunity rolled around and sure enough folks if ever and I saw this Yesterday and this morning. As I reread, Don't doubt their sincerity. To me. The Bible said they took lances. Sharp knives. They became so desperate. And they cut themselves. And the Bible said. Blood
1: gushed
0: out. Of them. The altar was filled with human blood. My heart goes out to false religion. Mr. Jones. Cut himself and killed himself, and his people did too. What a pity to see such rotten religion as that. And they cut themselves, and blood ran. And I imagine Jezebel, tears might have even rolled down her stinking cheeks as she said, That shows you how sincere my prophets are. They give their very life. For our kingdom, yeah, but there's no fire, Jezebel. That's the sad thing about religion. And that's exactly what's taking place right now between 11 and 12, nearly every Sunday morning somewhere. bunch of dead, dry formalism and no fire anywhere. And that's why you girls came to this home and that's why you boys came to this home and that's why many of you have missed the way you never saw any fire and you froze to death in the church house. And I'm not trying to be ugly critical. I'm just simply saying we'll never have the fire of God until we have the word of God. That's where the fires come from across this country. After a while, I can see them weary, dirty, dusty, Bloody. One by one, they walked over. And said, "We give up. There's no way. We have no trick that'll work now. We've deceived the people many times, but we can't get any fire." It was a fireless faith they had. They moved over into the dust of deceit, and I imagine some of them, no doubt, bitter. And said, all right, Elijah, see if you can do any better. You certainly will not be any more sincere than we are. And after all, the world says it don't make no difference what you believe. Just so you're sincere, that's a lie. Ah, listen, Elijah, he got up there and he said, all right, go move on in. I guess they scared him. He said, come on up close now. You folks move on in. And so these men, the Bible said, they jumped on the altar. The priests, I guess they tore the altar up. And the Bible said Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord. He had to put it back together. Brother, just jumping on the altar won't get it if you haven't got any fire with you. And so he built the altar and everybody, can't you see them looking? Oh, can't you see the interested drought? They said, well, as far as I know, he can't do any worse than they did. At least they tore up the altar, but no fire. And so he said, would somebody, and this is where the prophet gets himself in more trouble. Would somebody bring me four cups of water? No, four barrels of water. Three and a half year drought and wanting four barrels of water. But brother, here they came with it. And he poured it. All around the office. He said, now bring me four more. It's been awful dry a long time. And they brought four more. Did you know he poured four barrels of water? You know, really, it's not hard for me to believe that little children came and were lapping up the a while. And the others said, now, you see, the guy ought to be in the mental ward. I mean, you think of the water he's wasting. Here we've been without rain or water for three years and a half and he's pouring the last we got out. Huh? I tell you, being a prophet don't make much sense a lot of times. Yes! So he got it all fixed and then said, Lord, didn't take him long. I don't think he said, Lord, you know how lonely I've been out at the brook. And Lord, you know, I've paid the price. Oh, Lord, now you know you're going to have to come down. To, uh-uh. He said, Lord, I want some fire. And he said, I want to prove two things, that's all. First of all, I want you to demonstrate that you're a God. I want this whole kit and caboodle to know there's only one God. And it's not Baal. Baal's shot, he's done for. His prophet's over there getting infection right now from cutting themselves with sharp knives and lances. Now, Lord, I want some fire. Second, and this is second, he said, I want you to let the people know that I represent you. I'm your servant, Lord. That's all. Just your servant. Brother, oh, before they knew what to do, fire came down and the water burned like gasoline. Yeah, And the people said, Woo! Elijah's God is the God. He's
1: the God.
0: Yeah. Yes, dear friend. That's not the whole lesson at all. If there's any puzzle in the Bible, and yet in the light of what I've seen in my life, I could little understand about it because of what preachers do. Elijah, when the people were rejoicing, the great fire had come to lick up the altar, and God had said, Amen. That's my prophet right there. He told you the truth. Pay attention to him. And get rid of Baal. And Elijah walked over and said, I'd like to have a ministerial alliance meeting. And all that bunch of sissies pulled their robes up and followed him and they never came back. Then Elijah did something else. He said, uh, and tonight we're coming to Juniper Jungle. God said to Elijah, you better take your servant and get out of here. You've killed all of her preachers. All them old prophets are dead. Religion's been destroyed. The truth has been established. But you notice something? Jezebel didn't get converted. Did you know that? She didn't get converted. Elijah went up on a hillside and said to his servant, Would you go check the weather for me? He said, It's clear as a bell. He said, I know, but go what? And he got down there and the Bible said he put his head Down between his legs. Humble old preacher just got through killing 850. And he's back on his knees in prayer, Brother John. Lord! and, And dear friend, I'll be the last one to say that he did it because he had murder in his heart. He had murder for religion. He said, I'm sick of people being deceived and misled. Think of all the people. The 800 and false prophets are the reason it didn't rain. They're to blame. Where the country were going through such a famine, little children crying themselves to sleep at night, begging for a drink of water or something to eat. And Elijah took his vengeance on false religion. Now that he's praying, he said, I want you to look about seven times. The seventh time he came back, he said, well, I didn't see much more than a clear sky. He said, what did you see? He said, cloud about like that, size of a man's hand, he said, run to Ahab, take off now. And he said, go up and tell him to drive if he wants to get home before the creeks rise. Brother, of the Bible said the clouds got, the sky and the heavens got black and the thunder began to roll and light began to flash. And old Elijah stood there with the rain running down his collar and said, thank God, rainmakers come. God sending his refreshing rain. I think that old prophet opened his mouth and got a fresh drink of rain. And old Elijah's heading toward his palace. Are you discouraged this morning?
1: And thinking of an old song Come, thou fount of every blessing, till my heart, to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me songs of all your songs, sung by flaming tongues of Praise the mountain, fixed upon. Bye. Bye. Let thy good Let thy good Like a fetter Like a fetter find, find my wandering Heart to thee Come to, to wander Lord, Lord I feel to, to leave For God I love Is my heart Here's
0: Visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.